Exciting episode of the Fire and Water Podcast, the official podcast of AquamanShrine.net and FirestormFan.com. I'm one of your hosts, the Irredeemable Shag from Firestorm Fan. Along with me, as always, is my co-host, the Comic-Conian Rob Kelly from Aquaman Shrine. Didn't quite come out like I hoped. <laughs> How you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. We're very excited. There's going to be a new Batman film written by Jeff Johns in, I think, 20, 2029 or something like that. So oh. everybody get very excited. Oh yeah, thank goodness, and that's not going to throw off the rest of Warner Brothers' film franchise plans at all, I'm sure. <laughs> There's going to be lots of daddy issues. <laughs> well, folks, um, pull back the curtain a little bit. As we're recording this, San Diego Comic-Con has just kicked off. So by the time you're hearing this, there'll probably be all kinds of other crazy announcements that are like, why didn't Shag and Rob mention that? Like, I'm sure, you know, on Saturday night... There'll be a panel where they talk about the new uh, Firestorm and Aquaman animated series. Uh, yes. Know, something like that. So enjoy that, folks, and <laughs> let us know how it turns out. Uh, well, tonight, though, we are here to – well, we're here to talk about some news, actually. On the top of the show, we're going to talk about some big, big, big Firestorm news, and lots of it, which is really rare nowadays, but yeah. And then we're going to, on the backside, we're going to talk about a new comic book that came out, which does feature a character who likes to get wet. So, thanks. Well, before we do that, folks, we need to give thanks to our sponsor. Uh, in case you haven't been paying attention for the first 130 episodes, folks, this uh, the Fire and Water podcast is sponsored in part by InStockTrades.com. InStockTrades is your best online source for trades, hardcovers, and other collected editions, all for up to 42% off, with free shipping for orders of $50 or more. What you got, my friend? Cinder and Ash by Jerry Conway and Jose Luis Garcia Lopez. Praise be his name. Only eight dollars and sixty nine cents on Insuck Trades. I'm not saying anymore. I don't. I don't think I have to say anymore. I already told you why you should get it. So if if you're not going to get it at this point, there's nothing else I'm going to say. It's going to going to push you to. It's got to be. I I wonder if those are just left laying around. Like I can't imagine those are in print. 
I don't care whether it's in print or not. You can get it on Insect Trades for $8.69. 128 pages. Written by Jerry Conway. Drawn by JLGL. <laughs> done, done, and done. PBHN? Yes, PBHN. <laughs> done and done. Interesting story about that, though. Because of uh, Cinder and Ash, Jerry Conway got invited to a convention in, like, Portugal or Spain or something like this. And while he was there, guess who he sat next to and talked to for a while? Jeff Johns. And that's how they got to know each other, and that's how Jerry came back to D.C. Wow. Okay. The first time for the, for the last days of Animal Man, who happens right. to be in a comic we're going to talk about a little later. All right. In fact, my in-stock trade for today is uh, not in front of me. Hold on a moment. There it is. Okay. Alpha Flight. <laughs> my in-stock trade today is actually Animal Man. Imagine that. So not the last days of Animal Man, but I'm actually going to promote two different eras of Animal Man. So um, both of these are on in-stock trades right now. Animal Man Volume 1, trade paperback, written by Grant Morrison. I should just stop there, right? Shouldn't I? You know? Covered by Brian Bolland. Nine issues. Normally $19.99. In-stock trades price is 42% off, so $11.59. I don't think I should have to say more, much like you did. But, folks, if you have even an inkling of interest in either Animal Man, uh, Justice League United, uh, Grant Morrison, or just interesting comics from the 90s or late 80s, early 90s, pick this trade up, Animal Man. It is superhero comics with a twist. Then the other side of that is going to be Animal Man trade paperback volume one. Sounds like it might be deja vu, but it's not, folks. This is The Hunt, which is from the New 52, written by Jeff Lemire, uh, written, drawn by Travel Foreman. Hmm, remember that name for later. This is the first six issues of the Animal Man series that just came out of the New 52, and it's very, very interesting. And i got to tell you, Rob, it's very similar in tone to what we're going to be covering today with Justice League United. It really, really is, even though it's different writers with the same artist, and it just the tone just feels very similar. And personally, I love Animal Man. He is, like, one of my absolute favorite characters. He's one of the few, like, non-Justice League or mainstream Justice League characters I have an action figure out in my office. Um, <laughs> Just adore him to death. He's great. So anyway, folks, um, that one is 144 pages. Normally goes for $14.99. You get it for 42% off, so you can get it for $8.69. That is a lot of good stuff right there, folks. You guys need to be picking up. So head over to InStockTrades.com, your best online source for trades, hardcovers, and other collected editions, all for up to 42% off. And uh, while you're there, tell them Fire & Water Podcast sent you. Well, all right. Well, before I start monopolizing the talkie talk, Anything going on in your world? Anything we need to tell the people at home about? Uh, you put me on the spot. Uh, yeah, well, got to think quick, sir. Yeah, no, I don't think so. I think everything been, we're, uh, Joe has been covering the, the San Diego Comic-Con from afar. He's not there or anything. Uh, and, you know, as far as we know, Henry Cavill and Ben Affleck are going to be there. There isn't any word whether Jason Momoa is, but they like to spring that stuff, so I wouldn't be surprised if he shows up. I was really happy to see in um, Entertainment Weekly, which is the current issue, the cover feature is Batman v Superman. Mm-hmm. They mention Aquaman pretty prominently in the article. And, <laughs> like, that's just fun to see the word Aquaman <laughs> in, you know, the lead story of an Entertainment, Entertainment Weekly article. So I'm like, wow, this is really happening. This is really, really going to happen. That's really cool. Well, along the same lines, uh, it was very interesting for me this week to read Firestorm's name in USA Today. How bizarre is that? I mean, I realize, and I'm talking about the comic book version of Firestorm, not just the version from The Flash. So it, that's that's a weird sort of thing I'm still not used to. So what, what I'm alluding to, though, is, folks, yes, there was an article run in USA Today on Monday of this week 
base, uh, explaining that DC is launching eight new miniseries in 2016, and each of them is sort of bringing back a character or creative team that hasn't been around for a while. You've got Swamp Thing being written by Len Wein. Whoa! That's exciting. That is exciting. Uh, you've got uh, Katana. Oh, you know, I don't have the whole article in front of me. Forgive me. So you've got a Katana miniseries. You've got a... Mike a, W. Barr is writing the Katana miniseries. Thank you. That's right. You've got... Bla- uh, I am totally blanking on all this. The She's in this next comic we're about to read. Poison Ivy. Why can't I say that? <laughs> got a, a Poison Ivy miniseries, which looks to be really, really interesting. You've got a Metamorpho miniseries. I think also written by Mike W. Barr, isn't it? Uh, I didn't think so, but I don't don't quote me on that. Okay, well look at me being wrong. Anyway, the po- and there's a Sugar and Spike miniseries. Have you seen the the art on that yet? No, I know that Keith Giffen is writing it, and I know that they're like teenagers that solve mysteries. So, yeah, you need you need to go Google the art. It's interesting. It's because uh, what happened was when they released the article, only five of the eight miniseries had art ready for right, it, like right. Metal Men and stuff right. like that. Um, but now the rest of them have leaked out. Firestorm's out. Um, Sugar and Spike's out, and I don't remember what the other one was. But uh, the Sugar and Spike cover is kind of fun. They're like they're like teenage PIs. They look like they're dressed like adults, but they're kids, and they've got their office, and like the Justice League's trying to get in there, and it looks really cute. Oh, I'm looking at it right now. Okay. Yeah. Looks like a lot of fun. I, 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 and Superman's wearing red underwear on the wall. I, I will buy it. I will get the first issue simply because I love Sugar and Spike. I am completely not expecting to like it, but I will I – will, in fact, buy at least the first issue. Have you read any Justice League 3000? No. Oh, all right. Well, that's, that's a Keith Giffen project that's out there. It's, it's not that it's Keith Giffen. It's just it, – this, is, really, this isn't really Sugar and Spike. It, that is true. It, you know, it's, they're called that, but it's, it's not really Sugar and Spike. But I'll give it a shot. I'll give it a shot. I totally understand. Well, and, and I've felt that way sometimes about Firestorm. When I buy a Firestorm comic, I'm like, well, it's not really Firestorm because, you know – there's a lot of different stuff going on here, whether it be you know different people in the costume or nuclear protocols, whatever. But folks, I'm happy to announce one of the eighth series is Firestorm, written by Firestorm co-creator Jerry Conway. Yay! Woo-hoo! We've been singing his praises every month when we do the reviews of the Jerry Conway written issues from the 80s. And I can't believe I am going to hold a new Jerry Conway Firestorm comic in my hand. I've had many conversations with people over the years about Jerry Conway coming back to write Firestorm. I never once allowed myself to believe it could actually happen. It just it, it didn't seem logical in the, in the comic book environment we live in right now. So I'm thrilled that DC is doing this. I'm thrilled for books like you know Katana and um, Swamp Thing. I mean, those are great ideas, bringing these cre- original creators back to try it out as a miniseries to see if it's got legs. you know. And if it doesn't, at the very least, it gives them a trade paperback or it gives them some sort of proof of concept for television development. It's a great idea for DC, and I'm thrilled about it. When was the There's last time – I'm sorry. When was the last time Jerry wrote Firestorm? Was it – 1986 or 87? That long ago. Wow. Okay. Yeah. It's been that long. Hard to believe as it is. So um, – and I hope sooner or later we'll get a chance to talk to him. Uh, either just as an interview on Firestorm Fan or here on the podcast. Because I just – I would love to know, like, for him, is writing Firestorm again so – it's like, I've, you know, obviously I've been coming up with questions in my head because that's how I am. I want to know if writing Firestorm again is like putting on your old favorite sweater or if it's like going to your house and someone's moved all the furniture around. You know, I'm just curious. Mm-hmm. What's, what's, what's that like for him right now? It's got to be exciting though. So we haven't announced the artist yet, but we do have an art piece of Firestorm. He's um, – it, it's sort of a – looks like it's, you know, it's done in 
ink, but then it looks like it's almost watercolored, maybe, is the way that you're, you're the arty guy, not me. But so Firestorm's flying, and he, he actually has kind of like a, a come at me, bro, look on it, a look, the way he's kind of like got his arms out, like, come on. He's, he's hunched over a bit, so his, his head is at, it's sort of an unnatural angle, because his head's a lot lower than you would think, but it looks like maybe he's sort of coming at you a bit, too. And there's lots of flames swirling around him. It's a pretty drawing, it's, it's not cheerful. It certainly has a dark element to it. All the colors are muted. The yellows and the reds are very muted. It gives them sort of a dangerous look. But I'm interested to see where it's going. I'm very fascinated by it. I, when, I, when I first saw this artwork, I actually thought this was old stock art from Dan Jurgen's run. Because I don't know if you remember when we reviewed Dan Jurgen's run, there was an issue where Dr. Megala from the Captain Adam series took over Firestorm. And he became like an evil Firestorm. And all the colors in the costume became very dark and very muted. Do you, I don't know if you recall that at all. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Well, this looks a little bit like that. He doesn't have the crazy face, but the colors are like this. So I thought, maybe this is old art. So just on a whim, I put it out there on Twitter, and I tagged Dan DiDio. And I said, hey, Dan, is this new artwork? Because there was only one website running this piece. Only one. Out of all the websites in the world that had run this Firestorm news, this is the only one. So I'm like, I don't know. So I, I, I put a thing out to Twitter to Dan, thinking, he'll never respond. It's Dan DiDio, right? Sure enough. The other morning, Dan Didio and I had a conversation back and forth hmm. on Twitter. How bizarre is that? <laughs> Considering that we always joke about, you know, DC Comics doesn't really notice us little, you know, bloggers and podcasters and stuff. He took the time to have a conversation with me, which is very nice. And I asked him about the piece. He said, yep, it's official. That is actually the promotional art for Firestorm. I asked him who the artist was. I had to ask him a couple times. And finally, he responded saying, busted. And uh, he didn't know who it was. He was embarrassed because he says, I know the artist for every single promotional piece, but this one was commissioned while I was out of the office, so I don't know who it is. So uh, it's kind of funny. So I, well, sooner or later we'll find out. Hopefully I'll know by the time uh, this actually goes out. because Hopefully they'll say it at San Diego Comic-Con because this, this, this piece, since they didn't have it for the article, they're going to use it at the, the Comic-Con. But I really liked it. I thought it was sharp. Oh, you liked it? Okay, cool. Yeah, no, it, looked, it reminds me a little bit of Howard Chaykin. I, I'm sure it's mm. not Howard Chaykin. I can see that. It, it yeah. looks it's got that kind of raggedy loose feel to it. I re, no, I really thought it was it was sharp. I hope that that's I know that that's probably not who's drawing the miniseries, but I would be happy if it was cuz I I was I was really impressed by that shot. And it's the current New 52 costume that Firestorm's been wearing. So, you know, there's a lot of speculation on what Jerry's going to write as far as is it going to be Ronnie and Jason? Is it going to be the professor and Ronnie? Is it going to be some combination of of some, you know, cuz no one thinks they're just going to wash Jason from the series, but it does seem logical that it's going to be a return of classic with Ronnie and, and Professor. And so, um, you know, but the costume they're showing us is the new 52 costume, which is Ronnie and Jason. So, real curious to see where it's going with that. But extremely exciting news. I, I, I got to tell you, I was just so stunned and so excited by this news. I could have done cartwheels, probably. <laughs> I probably would have broke my wrist because I can't do a cartwheel. But, wow, I just was so over the moon. And, I mean, imagine if you read a news blurb that said Steve Skeets and Jim Aparo are coming back to do <laughs> Well, that now, would ignoring be... Ignoring a lot of where you're going with that. That would be an amazing story if that right. happened. Yeah, it no, would. I mean, uh, yeah, how can you not get excited about the news that Jerry's coming back? And I guess whatever issues he had with DC, I guess presumably settled. Yeah, I mean... So, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, a, it's very exciting. It's very, very yeah. exciting. Uh, a little bit of other Firestorm news, and again, we we go for no, we go for months and months with no news other than the Flash TV series on Firestorm, and all of a sudden, boom, everywhere this week. Um, the uh, San Diego Comic Con, they announced there's a new action figure 
coming out of the DC Icons line. It's going to be a six-inch figure. It is the new 52 costume. It is in line with what we see in this drawing, uh, preliminary artwork. And it's uh, the design was based on Ivan Reese, friend to, friend of you and I, and sculpted by, uh, well, not really friend of you and I, but, you know, we like his stuff. Anyway, uh, sculpted, well, I guess he's your friend. You have pictures with him. Sculpted by Paul Harding. And it's scheduled to be in stores in May 2016 with a suggested price of $25. And I think this figure is sharp. Now, I've seen – it's funny. Like, a, a lot of people online have been like, ooh, cool. It looks great. And then they get in there and they're like, wait a minute. What are all those extra lines? Where are the puffy sleeves? What's going on here? I'm like, haven't you guys been paying attention? This isn't a new costume. This is the costume he's had for like three years now. <laughs> It's not. It didn't sneak up on you and bite you, um, and it's pretty close to his original costume. It's just you know Jim lead up a bit. So I uh, I dig it. I, I'm good. I'm I'm excited for this figure. I'm really looking forward to it. So that that's pretty awesome. And that that actually broke on MTV News prior to San Diego Comic Con. And then the last thing probably we're talking about is, and this is a little bit of old news from about two weeks ago, but there's some elements to it. The Legends of Tomorrow which, you know, is that series they've mislabeled. It's actually Firestorm and his Atomic Friends coming out from CW next year. They released some concept art, which if you've seen the concept art, but we'll put all this stuff out on our Tumblr, by the way. Rob, what's our Tumblr address? Firewater, fireandwaterpodcast.tumblr.com. There you go, folks. So you can go out to that Tumblr, and you'll be able to see all this stuff, so don't worry. If you're wondering, what you know, we're talking about art, and you don't get to look at it, it'll be out there. So Entertainment Weekly ran these... Um, concept art pictures for Legends of Tomorrow. And it's just really cool shot. It shows all them primary characters. Well, you see Adam, you see Flash, you see Firestorm, you see Captain Cold. Um, I guess in this piece, those are the only major characters, sorry. And they're blasting away at a bunch of Vandal Savage goons. And it looks pretty great. And Firestorm just looks incredible. His head's flaming. He's got the flaming chest. He's got, you know, the, the, the splicer that, that he's got on there. And he's got kind of a Looks like possibly a costume. It's hard to tell. It's something gray, and it almost looks patterned like maybe there's a tunic there, like a Firestorm tunic. It's hard to tell. But it's really a gorgeous, gorgeous shot. And uh, it's, it's got a lot of buzz, got a lot of play. People ran it. You know, a lot of people ran the thing and moved on. Well, I ran it on my site. Didn't think much about it. Moved on. And Ross Purcell. Ross, if you don't know him, he runs, uh, what's it called nowadays? Super Team Family, The Lost, pay, the lost Issues which is that great team-up site every week or every day where they have a, a, a new cover. He mashes up a, like a Marvel or DC character. Or, I don't know how he gets them done so, much, so fast. Oh, my gosh. And he, I know, and he does tons of tons. Well, he spends a lot of time looking at art because he's pulling heads off of comics, right, to mix and match. Well, guess what he noticed about the Legends of Tomorrow concept art? Turns out that Firestorm's head is a direct lift from a Fantastic Four cover. So what you've got is, again, the Legends of Tomorrow Firestorm head is directly pulled from Fantastic Four number 542 cover of the Human Torch, which is a painted piece by, uh, and I'm going to say this name, guy's name wrong, Adi Granov? I don't know. He does a lot. Adi, Adi Granov, I think. Okay. He does a lot of gorgeous painted stuff for Marvel. He really does. Anyway, and, and I actually, you know, once, once Ross said that, I was like, huh. So sure enough, I took both pieces orientated in the same way, put them side by side. Holy crap. This isn't just someone redrew the picture. This clearly is a lift. Well, I shouldn't say clearly. I don't know that for a fact. But it really appears to be a direct lift from the fire, from the Fantastic Four cover and just recolored a little darker. Um, Rob, you've seen the comparison side by side. Mm -hmm. what, what did you think? Yeah, it's pretty pretty clearly 
stolen from that. I don't mean to necessarily use that word as because it's such a pejorative, but yeah, it, it's pretty, pretty, pretty darn similar. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's, there's even like you know, uh, fire crackle lines that are they're they're identical. I mean, it's it, there's there's this is not a reinterpretation of that picture. It's it's the same picture. Now, the, I don't know a lot. Of, you know, I'm not a um, I, I'm not an artist, and I'm not a copyright lawyer, so I don't know the implications of all of this. Uh, and I'm going to ask Rob in just a moment, put him on the spot here, as an artist, how does you know has his feelings on swiping and stuff like this? But um, things to keep in mind. I mean, if if WB or CW is trying to sort of separate Firestorm from the Human Torch, because you know, a lot of, that was some of the accusations people threw at Firestorm early on. It was like, hey. That's not Firestorm, that's the Human Torch. And now they're trying to give him his uh, matter manipulation powers and try to play up Professor Stein. So they're trying to separate, make people think differently of Firestorm from Human Torch. If you're trying to do that, probably not the smartest move to lift an image of the Human Torch for your promotional artwork. Uh, now, it could have been just some random artist they hired to do this. And now they're kind of like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this guy did this. But once you realize it, you can clearly see sort of the Photoshop lines of the flame and where the flame – because when I originally looked at it, I'm like, these flames don't match up. Something's not right here. Now it all makes sense. It's all Photoshop. So, Rob, you've had a moment or two to think about it. As an artist, tell me, I mean, is this ethically wrong? Is Because they're not selling anything. They're not selling well, that concept art. Yeah, I mean, you really shouldn't. I, I, look, as an artist, I've lifted lo- I've lifted lots of things, and I've had people lift things from me, <laughs> Bill Murray. But uh, you know, I, I I can't. I mean, I can't get that upset about it because just everybody I know has done it. At the same time, you can't do that. You know, like, and if you're going to do it, change it enough that it's conceivable that that someone won't notice. But these this thing looks like it was almost as cut and pasted. With just was. a couple of well, there's some changes with the flames and stuff, but you know, in this day and age, you're going to get caught. You know, you're just going to get caught, and if you don't want to, if you want to spare yourself that grief, just mess with it enough in Photoshop that you can plausibly say, you know what, I didn't. You know, it, and it's the kind of thing where, you know, more anything older than the last 15 years, nobody noticed because there wasn't the internet to easily compare it. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, with the internet now, it's so easy to find stuff. So yeah, it. it I, I can't get that upset. Whoever it is that did it, I'm sure the artist did it, and DC didn't notice. Um, I don't think that they consciously. Well, were, you know, I. You know, um, I, don't, I don't know that DC plays a role in this. It's a CW effort. Well, that, okay. That, I guess I meant to say the CW. Really, I'm sure they didn't notice. I mean, they. they you know, so it's the kind of thing where I'm not going to get up. It's nothing to get that upset about. But at the same time, you can't do it. So. <laughs> So um, if you want to see it, it will be on the Tumblr, the comparison. It's also on Firestorm Fan. At the time we record this, I haven't posted on Firestorm Fan yet, but by the time you hear it, it will. So for all I know, there's going to be a bunch of nasty comments on there about it. I have no idea. So go out there, check it out, see what kind of discussion is going on. Or there might just be crickets over there and no one noticed because Comic-Con's going on. So who knows? But um, that kind of wraps up the Firestorm news. Tell you what, Rob, why don't we take a quick break? We'll play a couple of promos for some other podcasts, and when we come back on the other side, we'll talk about Justice League United number 11. We got it. In-Country has re-upped for another tour, and we've been reassigned. Now you can find this complete look at Marvel Comics' The Nom on the Two True Freaks Network. So join me, 
Tom Panneries for In Country, a podcast covering Marvel Comics The Nom, every two weeks at twotruefreaks.com. Hey everybody, I'm Paul Spitaro. I don't know if you know me, but I'm a regular on Back to the Bins, along with my friends, Dr. Bill Robinson. Hello. And Mr. Scott Gardner. Hey, how's it going? Andy's been asking us for a promo for the show for the longest time, and Bill has been writing it for the longest time. Bill, you got that promo written yet? Uh... Okay, so, anyway, what we do is we review three comic books... We try to do it every week. Usually it's a Marvel, a DC, and a Captain Canuck book for Scott. So, tune in every week to Back to the Bins to listen to our show. You can find us at twotruefreaks.com. All right, and we're back. And uh, as Shag mentioned, we are going to discuss Justice League United, number 11, which came out just a couple of days ago. Uh, This story is called The Island of No Return. It's by Jeff Parker. Fresh from Aquaman, and the artist is Travel Foreman, and the colorist is Jerome Cox. Uh, this cover is—it's got a very nice painted cover, and, and I guess it's supposed to be Animal Man, but it sure looks like Gambit to me. But that's a whole other thing. <laughs> Same thing I thought. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> whatever. So anyway, I, I'm going to spare everybody these these god awful plot synopses that I do. It basically opens with the new team. The new Justice League team, which consists of Mira, Etrigan the Demon, uh, Equinox, Poison Ivy, and Swamp Thing. And we see that they have been put together by Adam Strange. And Adam Strange, in this story, is trapped inside the Zeta Beam. He's a sort of like, he's non-corporeal form. And he's trapped in the Zeta Beam. uh, And he's in sort of battling these creatures he calls the Breakers. Which are these bad guys that are trying to pierce reality and take over the universe or whatever it is those evil guys do and then we have a series of flashbacks seeing how all this particular team was put together animal man is the one who reaches out to mira to get her to join and she has no interest in joining the team all she wants to do is find aquaman but animal man says my buddies in the justice league will help you do that if you come with me we really need you on this mission and she goes along star girl does the same thing for swamp thing uh, uh atlanta strange adam's wife does the job for Poison Ivy in Gotham City, which features a cameo by Bat—not more a cameo, a little guest appearance by Batgirl. We see uh, how Etrigan the Demon uh, got roped into it. That's from uh, Equinox does that, and then we see Alana, Equinox, and Animal Man and Adam Strange all talking about you know what this mission is and why they're all together. The team is assembled on a Coast Guard ship. They're told that there's these who the breakers are and what's going on. Mira is very distrustful being any part of a team that has poison Ivy as a member, but before they can really get into all that, these giant globule creatures show kind of like a, for an Aquaman from a couple of weeks ago, these giant globule creatures show up. Mira kicks their ass <laughs> by using her hard water powers and turning into a giant hand and basically just squeezing the thing to death. So uh, then they see the rest of the creatures head, head towards land. The Justice League, this team of Justice Leaguers, is like, how are we going to get there? And Mira's like, I'll show, I'll show you how. And she freezes the ocean so they all can just walk on it, which is amazing. And they ride a giant frozen wave out into the uh, water. And then that's basically where we pick up 
the story in the beginning is we're now we're, we're back to where we started. They see the um, the breakers are in this giant pyramid full of red, globby, evil-looking stuff. Uh, it spits out this chemical on them, which is really disgusting. And before everyone knows it, they seem to have been transported to some other dimension because they're no longer on Earth. The ground opens up and swallows Swamp Thing. And in this alternate dimension or whatever, he's not connected to the green anymore. So they rip out his arm and Demon says something like, you know, cast yourself into the hand. You know, that way he can survive. And But Swamp Thing realizes he can't. Because, like I said, he's not connected to the green. Swamp Thing is swallowed up. These demons are screaming something like, the greatest sin. We eat gods. No one can harm us. Blah, 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 blah. And it ends with Adam Strange worrying whether he has made a terrible decision. And that is the end of the issue. Dun, dun, dun. Very masterfully done, sir. It's uh, not easy concepts to cover here. A lot of crazy stuff. Uh, I I was had no interest in Justice League United before this. Uh, it was the combination of Mira being in it and Jeff Parker writing it that I gave it a break. I think it was more Mira, to be honest, because I was just so excited that Mira was getting to you know be like a solo act, at least sort of briefly. Um, I liked it. I actually liked it. I like it. This book features a lot of characters I like, which obviously Mira is the, the number one there. But I've always loved Adam Strange, even though this is not an Adam Strange that I sort of recognize. I've always dug him. I like Swamp Thing. Uh, Poison Ivy as a member is kind of a fun idea. So this is a, a fun group of characters. Um, I liked you know, Mira getting so much to do, being so powerful. I mean, I think Parker had a really good handle on the character, and that continues on here. Artwork-wise, I liked it a lot. Some of the... Some of the poses are a little weird. Some of the faces are a little weird. But overall, I, I liked Travis Foreman's art a lot. I liked the, the travel. Tra- travel. Yeah, sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I liked the coloring a lot. The only thing I didn't really like is, well, I, you know what? I'm stopped. I don't even complain anymore about the fact that it's not a self-contained story because nobody does that. It's just, you know. Well, I've got some good news for you, though. Yes? I've done a little read. I read some articles on, with, with Jeff Parker before I read this or after I read it turns out the way he's doing this they're going to be very short arcs this is only a two-issue story hmm. it's going to be a you're going to get like i think if i remember the pattern it's a two-issue story a three-issue story and a one-issue story really yeah he um you talked about earlier this team was assembled and that's kind of the whole concept of the new jlu book is the team is going to change constantly for right. whatever the mission requires they mention it a bunch of times that you know we're all here for just this one mission they say yep. that's a couple times so unfortunately, this may be you know the only two issues Mara gets. I don't know, but so I I would assume that the next three issues after that is going to be different. So you might you know I'd pick up the next issue for you, and you probably get your whole Mara adventure right there. Hmm, that'd be interesting. Um, like I said, the only part I didn't like is just the storytelling technique of the constant flashbacks and and flash forwards, which to me is just kind of overdone. I mean, it just happened a couple of weeks ago in Aquaman, and just the whole like um, Gotham City now, Metropolis then. You know, the the Amnesty Bay a week ago. It's like, it, just give me a meanwhile, you know? I mean, like, <laughs> every it, – it almost feels like DC issues like a script that the writers have to follow. And then just fill in because everybody uses that now, which is the name of place, time, name of place. And it just gets to me a little – not a little. It gets a lot boring just reading that same thing every time. That said, I did actually enjoy this a bit, and it's it's a fun group of characters. I mean, this is like just a crazy amalgam of weird DC cast dolls all thrown together into one book, and I like it. I am I'm like bipolar on this book. Like, there's parts of me 
that did not care for it, and there's parts of me that love certain aspects of it. I'll touch on the stuff I liked first because I'd rather I'd rather focus on the positive if I can. The the weird quirky team being thrown together, I do love that concept. I do like seeing the weird heroes. I always like for the one I always like to bring up is Primal Force, which was just like the weirdest collection of heroes. I loved that book because of that. So I like seeing that neat collection of it. Uh, I'll tell you the coloring on this book is fascinating, and it's it's very bizarre because like you'll get some stuff where Mara's suit is basically all green, the same color, with a little bit of shadowing. And that's it. So it almost looks like very basic coloring. But then you get into stuff like um, you know, Adam Strange, where he's got an incredible pattern within his body that's all blue colors. Or the ocean, which has got lots of different colors going on. Or you get these really nice segues of uh, like Batgirl in the club. At the end of the dance club, there's just this gorgeous, bright, almost like a uh, Alex Ross sort of bright beam of light coming down and all you see her in silhouette and there's just some really beautiful stuff going on with the colors in this book so that's that's lots of fun Travel Foreman's artwork as you said it's, it's sort of different it's a very much an acquired taste now I read his Animal Man you know run and I, I enjoyed that Animal Run quite a bit and so I've I've acquired that taste for it I think a lot of other people might be put off by it at first but I, I enjoyed it, so it was nice to see him drawing again. I liked a lot of the text across the screen. Like when Adam Strange would think, would think you would just get a, a block of unbubbled you know, text that's in a different kind of font. And it's on like a light blue color. And it's, it's sort of different and really Blake breaks up what's going on in the story. So mm-hmm. I thought that was mm-hmm. cool. I think Jeff Barker used humor in good effect. Like when Mara and Animal Man meet face-to-face. You know, it, 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 there's some funny bits where he, he's like, you know, some people say I, I, look, I, they, I remind them a little bit of Aquaman, which is kind of funny because he's got animal-based powers and he is blonde. And, you know, I, I, you can totally see how Animal Man and Aquaman sort of do have some similarities. And he's got a giant A. Exactly. Similar yeah. to Aquaman, yeah. yeah. And then later on when uh, they're talking to uh, Poison Ivy and they're telling her about the team, she's like, well, clearly whoever with this team together has a redhead fetish. Yeah. Which was hysterical. That just, that cried. I, I got, I dined out on that line for a while. This so, is the Shag and Rob super team. Right, well, I mean, Cinnamon would show up and so would Batgirl. And Batgirl's already been there. You Hawk, know, so Hawk Girl. <laughs> Hawk Girl would show up or Hawk Woman, depending on how you want to go. But yeah. Now, some of the things that I struggle with, and I struggle with this on the previous incarnation of Just League Unlimited, because I actually bought Just League Unlimited for quite a while. Um, I mentioned the colors are great. I'm not a big fan of the color palette on the core three characters of the book. The core three characters, well, I guess you've got to count Adam Strange, so it's four, but the main three co- corporeal characters in the book are Animal Man, Equinox, and Alana Strange. All three of them have the same color palette. White with various shades of blue and black. And while it would be kind of cool as a uniform, it actually makes it kind of hard to tell them apart sometimes. Hmm. Like Alana and Equinox, even though the hair length should be the big clue, sometimes it takes me a minute to be like, which character is this supposed to be? So it's, it almost seems a little too similar. But you know what? Maybe, maybe I'm just being stupid and it works great as a team effect. I don't know. Because apparently as the series changes, those are the only four characters that are going to remain. Animal Man, Equinox, um, Alana, and Adam Strange. So when they get the new team, they'll still be around. Something else that didn't sit right with me, when they broke off into a separate team and walked across the ocean, only one of the core JLU, JLU members went. The other ones didn't go. And they said, no, she's supposed to go. It's her mission. It was kind of weird. Why wouldn't you send all your guns? Yeah, I didn't fully grab them, get that myself, but I figured I'll explain it at some point. I suppose so. I understood why they didn't send Elena, because she's Adam Strange's connection. Without her, 
they're hosed, I'm sure. I'm sure Adam would lose his tether or whatever without her, so they need that. Uh, last thing, and this is not a complaint, it's just an observation. The giant red bloody organ pyramid thing and the yeah. creatures, did you find that fascinating or was that icky? I didn't find it icky. Uh, you know, uh, I was just – the, the, the breakers as a concept just didn't do a whole – a whole lot for me. They were just like, okay, they, they, there were a lot of similarities to Aquaman number 41, which was just, like I said, a couple of weeks ago. So, you know, yeah. villain-wise, I just sort of was like, okay, they're like your generic, vil, you know, dimensional creature baddie guys. I really was reading it for the interaction of the, the heroes. Okay. Well, where I was going with this was, like that last page where you've got those weird faces and teeth and stuff in the red, mm-hmm. that is all Animal Man right there. Like, I don't think these characters come from the Animal Man book, but the first, like, six issues of Animal Man is all about this kind of stuff. Okay. Just constantly. It's because, you know, how Swamp Thing is connected to the green. Animal Man is connected to the red, which is blood and tissue and organs and things like that. And um, there's a whole bunch of this throughout his series. And if, if, if that doesn't sit well with you, you won't like Animal Man. But if, you, if you're kind of like, that's interesting, you'll love the Animal Man book. I mean, hmm. I, I really, really – and this really does feel like – again, you get the artist and the storytelling. It does feel like an extension of the Animal Man book. So I guess that's it. I um, – you know, will I pick up the next issue? Probably. I, it, given that I am have stepped away from most DC comics, it's going to take a lot to get me to buy a new DC comic. And this one was interesting enough that I might come around. Um, you know, especially if the story is going to change every three issues. By the way – uh, Travel Foreman's doing a few issues. Somewhere in these first first six issues, they got to fill an artist. Guess who it is? Jose Luis Garcia Lopez. Please be his name. That'd be amazing. Paul Pelletier. Really? Oh, good yeah. for him. Okay. Isn't that all awesome? Right. Yeah. All right. So, very cool. Him and Jeff back together. Very nice. So, yep. It'll be interesting to see who they pull in. By the way, if you if you go out to dccomics.com, um, you can check out the JLU preview issue. With all these new comics, they put out these, like, I don't know, six-page preview comics? I don't Something know. like that, yeah. yeah. And the JLU preview comic actually had a panel of Firestorm in it. That's right. That's right. They were going around basically, like, it was kind of indicating to you that this is going to be a huge cast of rotating characters. And Firestorm was one of the ones that we got to see. That was nice. Cool. Well, all right. I think that's it. I think so. Yeah. That'll do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Rob, why don't you tell again the folks at home where they can uh, check out these picture, these pretty, pretty pictures online. Fireandwaterpodcast.tumblr.com. Email is firewaterpodcast at comcast.net. And the blog is fireandwaterpodcast.blogspot.com. Yep. And we want to hear from you, folks. We're, uh, we're building up to a feedback episode sometime in uh, – it might be a few more weeks, but uh, we're going to try and do a feedback episode sooner or later and, and, and dot, plow through. I mean, we've been hitting the feedback on the Who's Who shows. We've been hitting the feedback, you know, when we do a live action thing. And so we've actually, you know, so we've been hitting it, but there's still a chunk of feedback we haven't got a chance to read through. So I'm looking forward to doing that. So we want to hear from you. And if you're on the interwebs, please use the hashtag poundfwpodcast. It makes it easier for us to find you, and it makes it easier for your fellow nuclear subs to find each other. So yeah. you can find... I'm sorry. I'm just going to mention something before I forget, because you're out next week, so I'm going to be flying solo. Now tomorrow night, you're not, you're not really flying solo. You'll have someone, right? Well, who knows? Oh, uh, they don't want to listen to this. No, year. they don't. Uh, but tomorrow night is the Star Wars panel at San Diego Comic Con. Uh. So as much as I would not want to cover the Star Wars trailer if they put out a new one without you. 
if you're away in the Okefenokee Mountains or whatever, the Okefenokee Swamp, whatever you got down there in Florida, I, <laughs> I might not be responsible for my actions. I might, hey, not, go for I it. might not be able to wait if there's a new Star Wars show. I'm just saying. Go for it. I'll, uh, I'll just go on Ryan's show instead. So I'm talking about it there. So <laughs> you go Speaking right of which, ahead. by the way, I, I just appeared recently on uh, Batgirl to Oracle, uh, episode 102. No, wait. I was on 101. I'm sorry. I was on 101. But you've got to listen to episode 102 because uh, there's a little something there that's fun to listen to. It's, uh, <laughs> you know, just go listen to it. You'll hear it. So. <laughs> mm. Shags. Shags. Little, little shag. I have a theme song now. We'll play it on our show. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Anyway, so, um, folks, you can find Rob over at AquamanShrine.net. You can also find him sitting on this corner of Circle K's on Saturday nights by himself, drinking an eight ball. But you can also find him on Facebook and Twitter under the under Aquaman Shrine. Wow. You can find myself at FirestormFan.com on Twitter, Instagram, Google+, Tumblr, Facebook. I might even be at the Circle K, just not when Rob's there. Um, we, do, do, we alternate weekends. but um, And then, other than that, folks, I guess just... Down to the tagline, Rob. What do you say with me? Fan, Fan the, flame, the flame and ride, ride the wave. wave. Aquaman and Firestorm fighting crime together. Soak them down or burn them up. No one does it better. Whenever you find trouble, they'll always be there to catch them in a bubble or even torch their hair. Stand for truth and justice in sea, on land, in air. Firestorm and Aquaman, they make a super pair. Aquaman and Firestorm, super friends forever. Yeah! Hey, Professor Stein, guess what? I got a B on my history final. Pretty good, Ronald. Though a B plus would have been better.